That was a tough loss by the Dallas Cowboys and CeeDee Lamb's message after the game said everything about that loss tonight. We will break it down. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome. Let's get this one started. Here we go. What is up, everyone, and welcome into ADZ Sports Dallas Primetime. I am your host, Mauricio Rodriguez, streaming with you live every Sunday through Thursday night at 8 p.m. Central here on Dallas On Demand Sports Talk Network with a lot more content coming your way. Make sure that you check out adzsports.com slash Dallas. And as always, do me a favor and hit the like button for me if you enjoy the show. Welcome, everyone, on a Monday night, uh, 25th of December. It is a great night to be talking some Cowboys football with you. I hope that you guys had a fantastic weekend. Hope that you guys are enjoying the holidays. And I'm excited about getting to talk some Cowboys football with you, even if the outcome wasn't the one that we were expecting and hoping for. Uh, Cowboys fans for sure got a little bit of a lump of coal for Christmas this time around as they lost to the Miami Dolphins on a game that was really quite frustrating to watch in multiple ways. And tonight we'll break it down, uh, ladies and gentlemen, just a little bit of a look ahead as to what we'll be discussing. Mike McCarthy's comments about the road issues for the Cowboys and this being a game that was defined by a few big plays. We'll talk about CeeDee Lamp taking a subtle a subtle shot, honestly, at the Cowboys offense after the game. And how can you blame him? We'll talk about that. And then we'll talk about Micah Parsons also sounding off after the game. Because boy, oh boy, he's probably right to be frustrated, man, at this point of the, the season. With how the last two months have gone for him. From an officiating standpoint, um, honestly, that's been an issue. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome into the show, though. In the meantime, we've got Clayton. We've got Katharina Gregory on the YouTube chat. We've got Jeffrey. We've got Al. I appreciate each and every one of you. Thank you for being here tonight and talking some Cowboys football uh, with me. Uh, Ladies and gentlemen, tonight we will have a little bit of a festival celebration even if it's the 25th of December and it is Christmas I think it will look more like a airing of grievances for for festivals because I know we are not in the best mood of all and I think this is the perfect example of what I mean Jeffrey here in the YouTube chat is saying what do you say to the idea of Lane Kiffin as a head coach and I'm not gonna lie I wouldn't like that but I think it's the perfect just like illustration of how down Cowboys Nation might be after that loss. Now, a little bit of good news, though, before we get to it. The game didn't really mean a whole lot for the NFC East. The Cowboys still have a chance of winning the division. It is still a very slim chance, but the Dolphins' loss basically did nothing to change that. Uh, The Cowboys basically still need to win out, and they need the Eagles to lose one of their last two games which looks very difficult just because they get the Cardinals and then the Giants again, already beat them today. Uh, It's still very difficult to get the division, but I think that the upsetting part of losing to the Dolphins was more than what it meant for the NFC East. 
it's what it meant for the team, right? It was a great opportunity to go on the road, beat a winning team like the Miami Dolphins, who absolutely look like a legit contender and beat them at their own home. That's what we wanted to see out of yesterday. Uh, we didn't get that. Now, let's talk about the game, though, for a minute. Uh, let me just get this. Sorry, man. I had to had to reply to a text message very quickly right there. Uh, it was a little bit of an ur urgent message. Uh, so there you go. Ladies and gentlemen, let's talk about what Mike McCarthy had to say, though, after the game about the Cowboys' loss. And I think this one speaks volumes to what the whole idea and the whole narrative of the Cowboys basically uh, being bad at stopping the run. We've got Mike at, at not not stopping the run, excuse me, but winning on the road is what I meant. Mike McCarthy said it is a challenge in these games because you know it's going to come down to one play, and they probably made a play or two more than we did. Uh, Mike McCarthy then added, "We're disappointed because we had plays that were there," and he said we made some miscues, and I had a horseshit backed up plan. So he was dropping some uh, big words right there. He said, we were backed up twice, and we didn't move the field position. So, you know, we didn't help our defense there. And let me know if you agree or disagree with the following here. Because this one felt like a game that was more on the offense than it was on the defense. Let me know if you agree or disagree with that statement right there. Uh, I absolutely think it was more on the offense than it was on the defense. I know the way that it ended would make it seem like it was on the defense. Like if you take the last two drives of that game, what you got was an MVP drive from Dak Prescott, right? Making some impressive plays against that Dolphins defense. And then the defense not holding on to the lead in the last minute. But that doesn't tell you the whole story. And it's not even close to telling you the whole story because that was the freaking Miami Dolphins, and they were held to under 20 points for most of the game. Even against the run, the Cowboys looked like a much better team. Raheem Mostert, before he went out of the game, uh, briefly, he returned, but before he was banged up, he had nine carries for 3.5 yards per carry. The Cowboys were getting it done versus the run. Doesn't mean that they were shutting it down completely. But they had what we talked about late in the week last week. They had what we were talking about with the TFLs. They were generating negative plays. They were stuffing the run on late downs. They were getting it done to basically balance their struggles against the run. And there wasn't a whole lot of explosives going on in the running game. I think most of the explosives for Miami happened through the passing game. That's a whole different story, of course. Uh, but let's see what you guys have to say in the chat here. And I'll talk about a few big plays before we move on to CD's comments about the offense. Katharina says that she agrees. Florida says, yeah, more on the offense. Gregory says, Mo, I am sick of Mike McCarthy. I'm sick of the conservative play calling. And we'll go deeper into that in a little bit here. Sugar Daddy says, more on the play calling. David Cowboy says, agree, except last drive against the run. The offense choked, and then the defense couldn't get a stop. Says Bruce got the toxic use. So, man, let's talk about just how this game went from start to finish, right? And, and specifically, let's talk about those big plays that Mike McCarthy alluded to 
when he said, you know, it's going to come down to one play and probably they made a play or two more than we did. Let's talk about some of those highlights. Some of the few plays that probably costed the Cowboys this one. That opening drive was so exciting to watch, man. Cowboys win the coin toss. They're on the road and they're like, screw it. Give us the football, right? And they said, we're not going to let Mike McDaniel and the Dolphins get up on us early. So they, they, they elect to receive after winning the coin toss. And what do we get? We get our first 15 script from Mike McCarthy that honestly was just great to see. Right away, we get confirmation that what Jalen Ramsey said on Friday was indeed true. Jalen Ramsey spilled the beans on Friday when he revealed, and he was pretty upset about it, that he was not going to shadow CeeDee Lamb on Sunday's game versus the Cowboys. He said that publicly, put it out there, didn't have to. I even did an article for ADC Sports entitled it, Jalen Ramsey sabotaged uh, the Dolphins because he was giving out that early intel. You get to the opening drive, and what do you know? It was true. Jalen Ramsey was on the on his usual side of the field, right side of the defense, and wherever CeeDee Lamp went, he was not followed by Jalen Ramsey. And they were giving the ball to, to CeeDee Lamp. He had over 40 receiving yards in the opening drive. They're doing all of this wild stuff, right? Motion, they're doing three by one. They get to fourth down in one in one point of the opening drive, and the Cowboys go for it. And what do we get in that play? You get a split back formation. So Dak Prescott has CD to his left in the backfield. Not, not the only play he had there, by the way. He had a nine-yard carry too uh, early in the game. But he had CD on his left side, Pollard on the right side, and then Jake Ferguson to the left as a tight end. And CD goes right up to the, like, almost running like a swing route as if he's going to go on a screen or something, pulling the attention of the second-level defenders. Then Dak fakes the handoff to Pollard, and everyone's coming to the left side. And then Jake Ferguson on the split-flow block as if it was inside zone. He basically licks to the right side and is like a slide route, runs to the flat. Dak Prescott sprints out and finds him to move the chains. And it's like, what is this offense, man? Like, we were loving it, I think. We were absolutely loving it. Cowboys get to the goal line. Cowboys get to the goal line, and they have a three-by-one look where City's as close as possible to the line of scrimmage. And then you get Jalen Ramsey in a goal line situation with no wide receivers to the other side. Uh, Jalen Ramsey's pressed against City, and it looks like, man, coverage. And what do the Cowboys do? Take advantage of the of the numbers that they've got on offense. Speed option, Tony Pollard, nothing but grass ahead of him, doesn't get it in. And boy, that was a costly play because you guys know what happened there, uh, next. Fumble between Dak Prescott and Hunter Lipke. People have been discussing and debating who is to blame for that one. I think it's a worthless discussion, to be honest. It just... It just happened, right? A fumble at a handoff. Hunter Lipke has not gotten a whole lot of carries. I think at the end of the day, that stuff happens in football. To me, the most frustrating part is Tony Pollard not getting in. But, but, but you think about that and that entire drive, and the Cowboys were cooking. Mike McCarthy was in his bag. 
clicking every easy button, moving the chains very effectively. And the Cowboys looked like they were in for a huge day in Miami. I was so excited. Even with the fumble, I was like, all right, they're going to get the football back and Mike might still be playing with the Dolphins defense. Get into that situation in the second drive. And what do we get? A 49-yard pass to C.D. Lamb where he's running a slant, pulls off the uke move, gets into the end zone. The Cowboys are quickly on the board. It was like, man, how dumb is Big Fangio to not have Jalen Ramsey shadow C.D. Lamb? Now, the reason why I am recapping all of this is not to make the loss hurt a little bit more now that we are a day removed from it, is to really set the table and highlight the fact that during the first quarter, CeeDee Lamp had 102 yards from scrimmage, 93 as a receiver, and 90 more as a running back, as a rusher, ball carrier, right? Then, second quarter happened. The third quarter happened, and CD Lamb had no catches in those two quarters. CD Lamb had no targets. CD Lamb had no carries. And the Cowboys were like, oh, yeah, that number 88, the guy that was really making this whole thing happen early on. Oh, yeah, we're not going to him in the second and third quarter. CD Lamb was frustrated, man, post game at that. Fourth quarter, they started going to him a little bit more again. They started getting him involved. And City, honestly, I don't blame him, was a little bit upset post-game. And here's his quote after the, the matchup. He said, because he was, just to, add you, just to add some context here, he was asked specifically about this thing, right, about the Cowboys not going to him in the second and third quarter. And they asked if, Something had changed. If maybe the Dolphins adjusted. And CeeDee Lamb said they wasn't doing anything. I don't know. I just feel like if I'm going to be involved, just keep me involved and let the game do what it got to do. Man, I don't blame CeeDee. Because this to me is a shot. I don't know if it's a shot at Mike McCarthy. I don't know if it's a shot at Dak Prescott. And mind you, I don't mean that it's a shot that, you know, it's going to cause some drama. On, on Dallas or anything like that. I'm not going to try to sell you a narrative about there being some locker room trouble. But I think CD man, is at a point in his career where he's clearly a number one wide receiver. Any game that you go away from him, he's going to make this type of comments. And you know what? He should. If you want a number one wide receiver, that's what you are going to get uh, nine times out of ten. I don't blame CD for going to the reporters and saying that kind of stuff. But it does read to me and, and, and you know, listening to the, the YouTube clip where he's being interviewed by reporters, he looks upset. And again, he should be. How are you going to get 102 yards in one quarter, have the opposing defense not adjust to it, and still not go to your best player? I have not seen the old 22 yet. I have not seen the old 22, but what I can tell you is that Ramsey never shadowed him. Like just from the TV copy and from the replay of the TV copy, you don't see Jalen Ramsey at any point of the game 
going man to man with J- uh, with CD Lamb after that first quarter. You don't see an adjustment in that sense for Miami. Maybe they were bracketing him here and there. Maybe they were playing sorts of double coverage on him. But I can assure you that also, or they tried to make that happen in the first quarter as well. And we didn't see these easy, quick hitting plays where they get City in motion and just get him the ball and let him do his thing after the catch. The Cowboys just completely went away from it. And it happened for several reasons. In the second and third quarter, the Cowboys had two drives backed up inside their own 10-yard line from the 6-yard line. And I think the other one was from the 4-yard line, but I'm not sure. And the Cowboys just struggled in those two situations. You already saw Mike McCarthy's quote about that. He said he had a very bad plan and that they struggled with protection specifically. They didn't have anything going right there. Try to run some plays try to get some space, didn't work out at all. But there were like three, four other drives where the Cowboys still failed to get CD involved. And to me, that's so unacceptable, man. There was one drive between the second and third quarter. I'm trying to remember which one it was, where where the Cowboys are called for a false start in the first down of the series. So they are pulled back five yards. And it's first and 15 and they run the ball. After seeing what happened in the first couple of drives where Dak was just picking apart the Dolphins, finding CD, and moving the chains, being aggressive, efficient, they run on first and 15, and they run on second 13. Let's stop for a minute. Let's stop for a minute and consider this. If you run on first and 15, you are 100% accepting a second and and long situation because man if you if you might get a breakaway play yeah but you gotta know your percentages you gotta know that you are very unlikely to really go beyond the sticks or something like that so you're probably accepting a, a second and long and then if you run on second and 13 what are you guaranteeing yourself you are 100% guaranteeing yourself a third and long situation. And then you're going, oh, yeah, Dak, go ahead and do your thing. Drop back and throw the football while Chuma Doga is playing at left tackle and Terencio is playing at right tackle against one of the very best edge rusher duos in the NFL because that's what the Cowboys were up against on Sunday. Not only that, but a secondary that, If you're going into third and long situations, they're going to rotate their safeties. They're going to confuse you. They're going to do some wild stuff. Just think about how many times you saw Dak Prescott be like, whoop, like, you know, start that wind up to throw the football and then stop midway through it because he's like, what the heck am I seeing? And again, I have not watched the old 22, but that's Big Fangio. That's Big Fangio for you. He's going to confuse you, going to do that kind of stuff. But you know how you avoid it? By being aggressive, by not needing those third and long situations where if that first read is not there, Bradley Schaub and Andrew Van Ginkle, Kristen Wilkins are likely going to get to you against the offensive line that he had on the field uh, that day. It's tough, man, because I don't understand why Mike McCarthy went from super aggressive and super creative to just 
conservative play calling at the snap of the fingers, man. He Second and third quarter, completely different from what we saw in the first and even in the fourth quarter. And I think that's what really frustrated me about this game. I think that's the one thing that I'm going to look back on and I'm going to be like, when, when did we get Mike McCarthy, the skirt version on this game? I get getting Mike McCarthy, the skirt version in Buffalo because you were expecting very bad weather. I could see that. I'm, I still obviously don't like what, what they were trying to do in Buffalo and all that, but I could still see that, man. But how are you going to be super aggressive in the first couple of drives, see that feeding CD lamp is working, see that the Dolphins are not changing their game plan, which in, turns mean, which in turn means that you could still do the same thing, but then suddenly go away from it. Uh, it started to rain at one point in the game. Was that it? Was that what happened? Or was it that they didn't really just, they, they just had the first 15 plays as they called them. They called them in the first couple of drives and then they were out of ideas. What exactly happened on that game? I just don't get it. I don't get second and third quarter being a totally different offense from the one that you were in the first. And again, even the fourth quarter. And I say that with a grain of salt because that fourth quarter, man, it was mostly Dak Prescott being an absolute dog and, and getting it done, right? Because that play where he finds CeeDee Lamb over the right side of the field while a blitzer just absolutely demolishes him. And then later in the game, he finds, uh, I think it was Gallup, right? In the play where he gets that free rusher through the A-gap and still salvages the play. And then later in the game, the later in that drive, just drops it an absolute dime to Brandon Cooks. And also, of course, a fantastic drive by, by Cooks. But that was more of a Dak Prescott drive than anything else. So, yeah, uh, I, I, again, understand CD's frustration with the Cowboys offense. And that might not read like a very damning remark, but oh boy, I do think it's a subtle shot, man. And we had heard CD make these type of comments before. Week 5, obviously, after the San Francisco game, the most evident of them all. Uh, this is CD, And I love it. I'm, I'm not going to complain ever about CD being upset at his lack of involvement. And even less so after a 102-yard first quarter. I feel like I haven't said that enough even though I've said it like three times now, 102-yard first quarter, including his nine-yard carry in the running game, and suddenly you stopped going to him. You stopped getting that easy button against that Dolphins defense. So frustrating, man. Uh, but let's see some of your comments here before we move on. Ladies and gentlemen, we've got a super chat. Let me try to find a quick sound effect here. Let's go. Oh, it's Jimmy Johnson week, by the way. How about Jim Toxic Tom, thank you, man, for the super chat. I appreciate you, man. He says, Mo, Merry Christmas. Many blessings to your growing family. I am sorry your father isn't here to see what an impressive man, young man you are. On to 2024. Man, Toxic, you're, you're, uh, you're, you're hitting the feelings out of nowhere, but I appreciate you so much, Toxic. And, uh, man, 
that means a lot to me. Thank you so much. And you guys know that this year has been challenging in that sense. Also excited about having spent uh, Christmas with my recently born niece. And yeah, we had fun. It was a, it was a solid Christmas. Honestly, uh, that part was challenging. It's toxic lays out in the YouTube comment. But appreciate you, man. Really do. And I appreciate all of you, by the way, being here tonight with me talking some Cowboys football in Christmas Day. We we had to do this show. I, I was like, there's no way I don't do the show on Christmas Day because I wanted to talk about this game so bad. Um, let's see here. Chuck says, we could have won that game if the coach did not go away from City. Also, why put a rookie in on that goal line? That should have been Dowdle or Pollard. You know, ironically, Hunter Lipke was one of the highest graded players in the game uh, by PFF. So, you know, it's a fumble. It's a it's a, an execution issue. I'm not going to put that on coaching, to be honest. Not even on personnel choice. Dak and Hunter need to be in the, on the same page and make that play happen, right? Because this is week 16, and Hunter Lipke has been on the roster all this time. It's not like he was a practice squad call-up or something. So I'm not going to give them that slack to Hunter and Dak. I do think it's a little bit of a shared blame because the handoff is about chemistry and all that. But uh, but yeah, I think that's on execution. I, I am more frustrated, man, about Pollard not getting in. Uh, and I know it 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 probably is a little bit biased, but I just feel like maybe as Chuck says, right, Hunter is an undrafted free agent. Pollard is the running back that you franchise stacked and you closed the door on the Ezekiel Elliott saga for. And I'm not even against the decision with Sick. I'm not trying to make that a point right now. I, I'm going to leave that debate in, in the offseason for now. But uh Tony Pollard has not had the season that we wanted him to have. That's just that's just a fact. Uh, there might be several issues with the running game, offensive line-wise, scheme-wise, and all that. But, bro, Pollard has to make that a play 10 times out of 10. He either needs to run to the corner and be his explosive self, blasting through the corner, or just go low, right? As impressive as that tackle was, because I don't want to sound like the Dolphins DB didn't do a fantastic job in that situation. I believe he did. But he's got to punch that in. He's got to punch that in. And I don't think there's an excuse for that. What I hated the most about that play was that I was loving the Mike McCarthy drive. As I already said, he was in his bag in those first couple of drives. And having that numbers advantage and then running the speed option, that was like the cherry on top of that drive or would have been the cherry on top of that drive. And of course, the game ends 22 to 20, and it hurts even more to not have those, those, uh, heck, forget about the touchdown. You don't have a field goal in that situation, which could have changed the game entirely because it was such a close game. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, having said all that, man, having said all that, I do think it was mostly on the offense, man. Um, this game was. Cowboys should have should have won it with better offense, in my opinion. And those mistakes of moving away from CD and then some costly mistakes like the CD Lamb, Jake Ferguson illegal shift, which happened. Uh, I've seen some controversy on that one. I've seen some people that have pointed out they're not moving at the same time. 
based on what I've seen, I kind of feel like they did move at the same time. I'm not going to complain about that flag being thrown. Uh, was it a picky? Maybe. But was it fair? Probably so. Different story with the Micah Parsons roughing the passer. And we'll talk about that in a little bit. And we'll talk about the, the defense in general uh, shortly here. But let me see some more of your comments before we do that. Because Gregory here has a question. He, said, he says, uh, please answer my question. Why do the Cowboys lead the league in penalties every year? Man, at some point, you got to chalk it up to coaching. And we've been doing that for years now, by the way. Mike McCarthy, it's like the yearly tradition. Mike McCarthy goes out during the offseason and he says, you know what? I'm putting my foot down. We, we are taking care of these penalties. We, we just cannot do that as a football team. And that's that's the message, right? That's the mantra of the of the offseason. We'll play clean. I'm making that up, but we'll be a clean football team, right? Damn the Super Bowl, we're gonna be clean. That's a priority. Again, making it up. But then they go ahead and they lead the league in penalties. It's a, it's a yearly tradition. There are some reasons to like Mike McCarthy, right? This could be his uh third consecutive. 12 win season. He's been giving us the best year in Dak Prescott's career for the most part. I know we're not super excited right now about where the Cowboys are at after the last couple of weeks, but two weeks ago we were talking about Dak winning MVP. So he's given us that. He's given us some good stuff. But the penalty, man, the penalty thing is an issue. And I've given up thinking that it's not going to be an issue. Uh, moving forward. Micah Parsons has a little bit of a different take on it, though. Because if you ask Micah Parsons, and Micah, I, I thought for a second, man, he was going to punch the ref. <laughs> I thought he might. I thought he might punch the ref when uh, when the roughing the passer play was called. And you guys know what I'm talking about. It's uh, third and two. Third and two, the Dolphins are near the goal line. The Dolphins are in the red zone. And Dak Prescott, and, and Micah Parsons, excuse me, just destroys Tua Tungavailoa as he gets ready to throw the football. Uh, the throw gets out. It's an incomplete pass. Third and two would have been fourth and two. No, would have led to a, four, uh, to a third down, excuse me. So who knows if it would have been a, a very impactful play, but... Micah Parsons destroys two of there. A flag is thrown on the field, and it's a personal foul, roughing the passer. And obviously, the Dolphins get in a much better situation and score a touchdown one play later, right? As easy as that. You watch the replay, and even on the broadcast, people, uh, Dean Balandino was like, that probably shouldn't be in a flag because as he explained, he said, if the play is within the pocket, right, so not outside the pocket or anything like that, within the pocket, you get two steps. You can hit the quarterback within two steps, but the ref still threw the flag, roughing the passer. Mike Florio, which is somebody that I know uh, is controversial, and I know he makes up a lot of storylines and all that, but he had a very interesting tweet during the game where he noted that the language, the league language in their instructions for officials, right, is that when in doubt, you throw the roughing the passer flag. 
When in doubt, you throw the flag. Now, we could do a separate show and talk about how much that sucks for 80 minutes if we wanted to, because I do believe that sucks. But it's in the instruction manual, so you kind of could give the ref some leeway in there. Uh, Micah is not going to do it. And Micah had some strong remarks after the game, too, where he was saying, anybody who's watching, I got there so quick. How am I supposed to know he got the ball out? Uh, It's within a second. I can't leave my feet. I can't lead with my head. So I don't know what roughing the passer is anymore. The ref said I could have done something in some manner to avoid him. When really I ran into D-Law, we both met at the quarterback. And then he said, he actually said this earlier, we're fighting with our backs against the wall. It's mind-blowing. A lot of penalties, it's mind-blowing. The things that are getting called and the positions we get put in. The thing is we've got to learn how to fight with the adversity. I know a lot of it is BS. This is football plays, but it's the world we live in. We got the star in our helmet, is what Micah Parsons had to say to officials uh, about officials after the game. So basically, Micah suggesting, uh, which is not new, uh, suggesting that Cowboys get a different treatment because they're the Cowboys. And listen, I'm not sure I subscribe to that. I would say I don't. I don't know if it's bad luck. I don't know exactly what it is. But I do look at the way that Parsons is treated by officials, and it does suck. And when you get called for a roughing the passer that was, at least according to the replay, not not a, a worthy of being called, it gets more frustrating. It's been well over two months now since Micah Parsons has drawn a flag in his favor when it seems like every single game he is getting health, he is getting hands to the face, sometimes both in the same play, like that picture that's gone viral now where Micah has two Dolphins linemen on him and one is pushing his face mask, the other one is apparently grabbing him by the numbers. So I don't know exactly the motive of it. I don't think it really is about the star on the helmet, as Micah suggests, but his situation specifically has been frustrating as heck to watch, man. And officiating-wise, I think it's across the entire league, and I think it gets overblown when people are saying that, you know, refs suck more now than ever because we do that every single year, and I just feel like each time we've got more and more replays and we get more and more instant analysis on the on the place. So the officiating problem is going to remain. I think there are several things that the league could do, especially hold refs accountable for some of their decision making. But that that situation right there where he blasts Tua gets called for it and that combined with Micah not drawing flags to me justifies this seeming crusade that Micah Parsons is on. Because not only did he say that, but then after that, uh, he uploaded a story to Instagram, which said, free me, doc, whatever I did to the officials, I am sorry. He's talked about it before on Twitter. Recently, he suggested that the league didn't want games to be longer. The league wanted to protect scoring, and that's why they don't call holdings against him. So, you know, he has a lot of wild theories about why, 
he's not being called. Uh, he's not getting those flags. But uh, ultimately, what matters is that on, on Sunday, that roughing the passer was called and some others were not. Now, the Dolphins also were called for a roughing the passer, which was extremely picky, in my opinion. Uh, he was called for a different type of uh, roughing the passer, Christian Wilkins, the defensive tackle for the Dolphins that we talked about early, last week. That was one of the plays where, you know, the defender puts his weight on the quarterback and they're called automatically. I hate that rule. Not going to lie. I hate that rule. I don't hate roughing the passers when the hit is late, which is what Micah's was supposed to be, even though it wasn't really late. Uh, then there was uh, the play where, I mean, the, the, the roughing the passers were if you hit the head, if you hit him with his hand, if you do this, if you do that. But the one that I hate the most is the one of the weight on the quarterback. And it benefited the Cowboys briefly. But in the moment, I was like, damn, how much do I hate that flag? Because if we're being real, th that situation with, uh, with uh, Wilkins also sucked, honestly. Let's see what, do we, what you guys have to say, though, in the chat. Let's see here. Larry Brown says, as long as you content creators... Keep living in denial of the blatant bias against the Cowboys and Parsons by the refs. The message will never get out. Get honest, get mad, and use your platforms. The thing about officiating, Larry, and I understand where you're coming from, but in my experience, I'm going to talk for myself. I watch about every NFL game, and when I don't watch them live, I watch the replays of them, even the condensed versions, which take about... 40 minutes. Man, officiating is a problem in every game. I do think there's a bias against Parsons. I do think that. I'm not sure about the Cowboys thing, to be honest. Uh, I'm just not. But I am about, about Parsons specifically. And I think it happens with every defender in the NFL of that level, right? Like Miles Garrett will draw a lot of holding that that are not called or the same with guys like Aaron Donald or the same with Chris Jones, for example. I think there is a, a bias against Parsons just because he's that kind of a player. I'm not sure about the Cowboys, though. I'm going to keep it real with you. I watch these games, man, and there's officiating problems in every single one of them. Darnell says it's not a Dallas issue. Exactly. They're trash league-wide. Toxic Tom says the refs are not only a Dallas issue, and I'll agree to all of that. But with Micah, though, with Micah, that's BS, man. That's BS. You you cannot you cannot objectively watch Micah Parsons play a football game and say he didn't draw a holding call in the entire game or a hands to the face when objectively you can straight up see the the the, the hands to the face on on one hand. And then on the other hand, you, I mean, additionally, excuse me, you know that the Cowboys are pointing this out to officials. You know the Cowboys before the games are being like, watch out with Micah. They do this in these situations. But for some reason, there's still not a call. Now, it wasn't the only officiating controversy that we got on Sunday. Chuck points another one here. Really, did you not see the holding on CD in the end zone when dude almost took his pants off? I think you're talking about the corner route near near the goal line, and I agree that should have been called. Uh, plays later, 
they do get called for another one on Kevonte Turpin. But I agree that the CD play was also flag worthy. And I'm not saying that the refs did not miss anything. I'm saying this happens every single game. You watch the second half of the Monday Night Football right now, and you're going to see the same, man. It's what I mean. And the thing about, about it is that we talk about it every single week. There's no controlling it. Again, Christian Wilkins was called for roughing the passer on that game, and they had some other penalties too. But what you could control is Pollard going into the end zone, not fumbling right Hunter Lipke, making the plays that ended up defining the game, right? Stopping Tyreek Keel on that final third down. And I know it's Tyreek Keel. I'm not even going to hate on the defense for not stopping Tyreek Hill. Uh Parenthesis here very quickly. I did like the Dan Quinn adjusted. He played a lot of zone coverage on this game, and it was working. I think that the Cowboys' run defense played much better. I think that you had a decent outing against Jalen Waddell and Tyreek Hill. Final moment of the game, though, Dan Quinn goes back to the man coverage, and I don't blame him for the situation. Tyreek Hill goes into motion, and then... Tua exploits that matchup between him and Jordan Lewis, and it's a ball game. But, man, tough game overall. We'll talk more about it tomorrow night, and we'll talk about the Lions uh, during the rest of the week as well. But for now, man, I just wanted to basically share that sentiment about the offense, in my opinion, being the one that is mostly responsible for the loss on Sunday. and. More than anything, damn, C.D. Lamb has a point. You you have to keep him involved, man. He, he's such such a good player. And when he's not being shadowed, when he's not being treated differently than he was in the quarter where he got over 100 yards, to me, it is absolutely unacceptable to suddenly start play calling this game. Very Calling plays are very conservatively when being aggressive was working out for you. So the Cowboys dropped this one. It matters not as much as we think it does. I think it's very different from the Buffalo loss, though. And Jay says Dallas won't win the division now. If this is because of the Eagles win against the Giants, totally fair, bro. Totally fair. The Dolphins game really doesn't change it. It really doesn't change anything. Cowboys still need to win out, and they need the Eagles to lose one, which is exactly what they needed before the game. So the loss to the Dolphins, not really a big deal. What is a big deal, though, is that you didn't take that opportunity to win big on the road. And we'll talk about many more things that we need to break down about this game. But, uh, you know, time is running out, and we'll talk again on tomorrow, 8 p.m. Central, as we do every single week here on ADZ Sports Dallas Primetime. Ladies and gentlemen, hope that you enjoy the rest of your Monday night. I'll see you, see you tomorrow, and we'll talk much more then. Uh, hit the like button for me if you enjoyed the show, and I hope that you had a fantastic Merry Christmas if, or, or Happy Holidays, whatever it is. Hope that you guys enjoyed it, and I'll see you tomorrow night. Thanks so much. Bye-bye.